Hi, everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. And this week we beat UAB. Yeah. All right. How many times can we say that? Yeah, we also beat other teams, but, you know, that's the one that matters right now. We also lost to UAB, too, but that's... (laughs) It's all right. (laughs) UAB, everything's okay. (laughs) But yes, Tech went 3-1 and on the week with the Bulldogs and Texters both beating Middle Tennessee, and then the Texters and Bulldogs splitting UAB with the men winning and the women losing, unfortunately. Yeah. Would have been nice to go 4 now on the week, but... Yeah, it looked like it was possible for a second, and we'll talk about that a little later, but the Texters kind of fell apart in the, the second half of the second game of the week, so... Yeah, well, let's start on the men's side of the ball. First came Middle Tennessee. Both of these were road games, so this one took place in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, where Tech walked away with an 80-73 to victory. Uh, mostly on the shoulders of Mo Mohammed, who had a double-double yeah. 26 seconds into the second half. Yep. He he had, uh, I think, like 12 points and nine rebounds in the first half. And then we were like, well, he's going to get the double-double, but win. And it was, I think, on the first possession of the second half, uh, he scooped the rebound from a missed shot from uh, MTSU. So great stuff from him all night. Yeah, he's just been fun to watch all season. Uh, he has a little move underneath the post where like, he'll get a pass in and kind of behind the back, blind, put up the layup that always seems to go in. Just yeah. stuff like that makes him so much fun to watch and kind of sad that he's a senior after only spending two years here. Yeah, I mean, just to kind of sum up his night, really anytime Tech needed a pass down into the paint, he was wide open and just he always finished the shot. He went nine for 10 from the field in the game. One particular play stands out. He scrambled for a rebound with three MTSU players and he scooped it up and still somehow put it in, even with three players all around him, like draped all over him, fouling him. It wasn't getting called, but it still went up and in. So just a fantastic performance from him really all around up both sides of the floor, too. Yeah, and you may see that final score of 80 to 73 and be wondering what exactly happened because that's a seven point victory and Tech was favored to win by, was that 11 that Ken Palm had us win with an 87% chance to win? Well, early on, it seemed to be going the way that Ken Palm thought. Tech was shooting great from three early. We were 75% from deep in the first half, which is incredible, including a buzzer beater just to end the half right there. But the second half is really where Tech fell apart. Yeah, and and you know, you you mentioned in the first half shooting 64 from the field and 75 from 3. I mean, it's easy to kind of say, "Oh, that's that's lucky or they were, you know, they were shooting above average." But really what it felt like to me uh, as a person who just kind of goes with the flow and doesn't understand how the game works that well, it really just seemed like they were imposing their will. They were passing it around, finding the open man and just hitting the open shot. It wasn't taking contested shots. It wasn't shooting early in the shot clock, really just taking care of business and finding what MTSU was giving you. So even though we had hit 75% from three, like those threes were wide open. So you should be hitting them, you know? Yeah. And even though tech led by 15 going into halftime, they continued their lead into the second half. They opened it up to 23 points with 847 left in the game. But Again, Tech went by seven, and Middle Tennessee got within three in the final minute. Yeah. Uh, what what the hell happened? I mean, <laughs> I was kind of – I was watching the Texters game too, and the Texters were dominating while that was going on, and so I was watching that uh, a little bit more closely because the men's game was just – I thought it was over, and then I kind of look up, and it's like, oh, we're only up by eight. Oh, we're only up by three? What the hell? So can you kind of take me through what happened there? 
It's bad basketball is what happened there. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> this happens in basketball every now and then. Teams go on runs. It's not that uncommon to see a team go 10-0 and over a couple minutes. Swings in the game happen. But Tech just could not hit a shot for several of those minutes there to end the game. Middle Tennessee went on, what was that, 11-0 run at one point? Yeah. Tech, Tech didn't score from 3 minutes and 45 seconds left in the game to 25 seconds left in the game. I think that was a foul shot that came with 25 seconds. They just missed everything basically what they did against north texas <laughs> yeah but walked away with a w except mtsu actually scored in that run whereas north texas also did not <laughs> yeah i think it was mo actually who yeah. scored on a foul shot and i think he knocked down both of them right but i could be yeah mistaken mo, there. yeah i was looking that up myself but yeah i'm pretty sure mo knocked down both the foul shots no caleb Doe made the foul shot Oh, 25 seconds left. Ah, Moment okay. two later with 12 seconds left to kind of oh, right, cement right, right. the That's game. That's what I was remembering. Okay. But Daquan Bracey missed a free throw during that period. Derek Jean missed a free throw during that period. Jacoby Pemberton missed a free throw during that scoring drought. Oh, yeah. There were a bunch of one and ones that we missed yeah. the front end of. And it's like, guys, we're only up 10. We're only up eight. We're only yeah. up six. We really need these one and ones, you know? <laughs> and for our game, we actually did decent at the line at like that wasn't our worst game of the year to have it come down to foul shots and and be that close still and barely arc it out tech was 60 percent at the line which is not good but right but it's better than good 46 percent <laughs> yeah it's, it's still below average for the season but it's not so far below average that it raises any questions but still tech was able to put together the foul shots at the very end when i guess they mattered the most to put together the w so what uh, what did MTSU end up shooting? Because this was the battle for worst in the conference at free throws, right? Yeah, uh, Middle Tennessee won that battle. They shot 87%. All right, so we're the worst in the conference. There we go. We <laughs> Surprising we <claim> nobody. <laughs> we claim the title. <laughs> we claim the title of worst free throw shooting team in the conference, but Middle Tennessee, after now going 0-7 in conference, may end up at the bottom of the standings at the end of the year. Yeah. So who really lost that battle? Yeah, I mean, I guess we did just enough to win the game. So And wins are what matters, right? Yeah. You can hit 0% on free throws if you hit every other shot 100% and you'll win every game. But that's just not how anything works. Yeah. Any other players you want to give a shout out to in that game? Yeah. Uh, I know we say this every week, I feel like, but Kobe Williams is just fun to watch on defense oh, yeah. specifically. I mean, he's just... He's so much like Speedy. I mean, I don't know if it's the long hair and the his size, but he gets in people's faces, but he doesn't foul. You know, he's he's just he's like one step ahead of you with what you're thinking uh, you're going to do with the ball. He's he's there and he's hugging you, but not physically hugging you. You know, it's it's weird to explain, I guess, but it's fun to watch. And then, I mean, just another shout out to Mo Muhammad. I mean, that dude is really good like maybe could play at the next level really good i don't know a lot about basketball to say that but it wouldn't surprise me he, he's just he's been dominating teams and it's fun to watch yeah from what i'm told a double double is a good thing in basketball and since mo has several <laughs> of those this season that means he's that, a pretty that's good basketball GTPDD hashtag analysis for you there double there you doubles go. are good but yeah, this was Mo's game. When he made those two foul shots at the very end of the game to seal the game away, it's like, yeah, of course Mo is the one at the line right now sinking these. Especially yeah. after last season, I believe he was a below 50% foul shooter. So to come in this year, he's improved it to around 60, 65, I believe. But just, of course, he makes both at the end of the game at a what would be a career game for him, but it's just starting to feel like every other game now. Mm -hmm. But one other thing I want to give a 
I guess, opposite of a shout out to, I was, I'm still a little annoyed that Archibald called for a backcourt violation when he got tripped backwards over the half court line. Yeah. That's, that's the guy, not cool. The guy fouled him. Yeah. The guy fouled him, pulled him down across him as he's going down and Archibald happens yeah. to go past the line. And that's backcourt again. We and won, so I can't yeah. be too salty, but still. Yeah. But worth mentioning, shout out CUSA refs as usual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we and again we won that game just like we won Saturday night at UAB and Birmingham. Hell F1, yeah, seventy-two to fifty-eight, one and seven all time in Bartow. So yeah, and and Tech is similarly good against UAB at the TAC, and it's really been whoever is the home team wins. Yeah, and yeah, wow, we won a game at Bartow. Yeah great stuff you know it, it looked like a pretty good game at first uh i was actually at work yesterday i did not realize this game was at 3 p.m eastern so i kind of had it up on my phone but i wasn't really watching so maybe nathan will have to provide a little bit more here but every time i looked down in the first half it it seemed like it was back and forth was that kind of what happened yeah the game definitely started close it was back and forth where tech kind of had the advantage but going into halftime it seemed like it was just going to be tech's game to lose they were pulling away but after middle tennessee after north texas last week going into halftime up or even in a close game doesn't really make you feel very good and then tech came out the half sluggish which just alluded to previous problems especially (laughs) with this being uab you're like of course tech is going to lose to uab Mm -hmm. but UAB just could not hit a shot in the second half, at least at the start of it. They were like one for seven or one for eight at one point, I think they said over the stream. They scored eight points in the first 10 minutes of the third quarter, the first part of the second half. Meanwhile, Tech only scored 14, which is not great either. But especially when you consider both teams scored 23 in the final 10 minutes of the game, they were able to turn it on when they reached that halfway through the second half. But yeah, Mm -hmm. Tech... Tech kind of pulled away there at the end where really it was just they were up by 20. And at that point, you started having to get desperate. And foul started getting a little ticky-tacky with about 12 minutes left, which I didn't really appreciate. Kobe Williams got into foul trouble, which I hate because he's just he's such a good defender. It's like, no, wait, I'm sure he did the right thing. I'm sure you, the official, is in the wrong here. <laughs> of course. But Tech didn't blow it. And props to them for that. They got ice cream again. And they got to go 83.3% from the charity stripe from the free throw line, which is their wow. second highest total legal? of the year. Yeah, you can actually make those if you try hard. Oh, that's weird. So I see here it's only 10 for 12. So not a not a huge sample yeah, yeah. size, but hey, they didn't go 6 for 12. So that's something, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at the stats here. UAB didn't shoot very well from the field. It looks like they heated up at the end, like you said, but ended up 38.5%. But really what sticks out to me here is... Tech had 39 rebounds. UAB had 24. So, yeah, yeah, and and Tech grabbed 10 offensive boards, 29 defensive boards. UAB only got 3 and 21, respectively. So, I mean, gosh, that's got to be Mo, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, he only had 6 rebounds this game. Which still at least tied for the team. Uh, Jacoby Pemberton also had 6, all defensive. And Andrew Gordon had 1 offensive and 5 defensive. Yeah, nice to see Gordon getting some action there. Only played 14 minutes, but you know, kind of had his will at least on the on the boards be known in those 14 minutes. He got six rebounds, so pretty good stuff. And these two games for Gordon have been more of his fun to watch 
coming into this year, I was really hyped to see him. A big man, a six foot ten junior out of West Virginia, the university he was at before here. So feeling like that would be an immediate impact and a, a huge part of this team. And Mo Muhammad has just overshadowed his ability and made him seem like just another guy off the bench. But against Middle Tennessee, Gordon went three from three from the two-point range, I guess, whatever you want to call that. Uh, missed all three of his free throws in typical tech fashion, but <laughs> still had a pretty decent night. And then last Saturday night against UAB, I said last night because it's last night to me right now in the past, uh, he was two for four, so didn't make every Whoa. shot that time, but made a free throw, <laughs> which, you know, pretty good. And then also had a bunch of rebounds. He also had a, if I'm remembering correctly, one of the times I was able to glance down, I think he had a uh, steal that turned into a big old dunk. So yeah, uh, that's always fun to watch the 6'10 big man rumble down the court and just dominate the basket. So yeah, I'm excited to see him fully turn it on, I guess, maybe yeah. as we're getting deep into conference play and towards the tournament, the more players that we can have stand out and make meaningful contributions, especially with the injury to Isaiah Crawford kind of shows that just at any minute, other players may need to step up and play meaningful minutes and make meaningful contributions to this team. So to have another player start to show his his ability out there on the court really says a lot and may be super important to this tech team in the near future. Yeah, and, and also speaking of getting off the bench, I mean, I think Tech played every single player they had dressed out in this game because unlike the MTSU game, they didn't try to choke away by not scoring in the last four minutes. So we got to put out, uh, you know, Stacy Thomas, uh, Kale Walters, all those, all those guys who I've heard their names before, but I've never seen them play. So that was kind of cool to get to see yeah. them get into the game a little bit. I was happy to see Xavier Christian on the floor again. Yeah, yeah, he he got a bucket. Looks like right. Yeah, he got a he got two free throws. Oh, two free throws. Which is okay. that's what he was good at, and one of the reasons why Tech's free throw production last year took a hit is when he got hurt. He was their best free throw shooter, but he had a, a pretty lazy turnover there too, which you can't really fault him too much since he's coming off the bench, coming in cold and everything. Tech's backup players, those bench warmers, I guess, seems like a criticism. They're much better basketball players than I am, but <laughs> <laughs> they didn't play all that great there at the end. It felt very lazy, but it also felt like they were just trying to get out of there. Coach Conkle took a timeout to sub them in to make sure they got at least a couple minutes in there. Yeah. And hey, they get they get ice cream, too. So <laughs> they do get ice cream. And one interesting thing to note, something that LaTeX Sports Report tweeted out was that winning two games on the road in the conference this year is, is tough. As Tech found out last year when they played super well at home and super not well oh on the road and only yeah. had one road victory all year. Uh, the home team so far this year are winning 70 percent of the time. 11 of the 14 teams in Conference USA have one or zero road wins. Tech has yeah. four, and I believe leads the conference right yes. now. Yes. Yeah, so eight teams have one road win, three teams have none, and then Tech has four, which is the most. North Texas has three, and then one team has two, but I don't remember who it is. So, And of course, some teams have played more road games than others, and so on. But Tech is in third or fourth place right now in CUSA, having played that many road games and having won four of them. So yeah, that's and getting good. a road sweep is, I mean, as you can tell, like most teams don't even have two. So yeah. we won two in one week. And now we were playing some teams going through some stuff because UAB lost to Southern Miss on Thursday at home as well by double digits, if I remember correctly. So they're not doing too well uh, lately, but now they lost by seven, 84 to 77. But Southern Miss is bad. So yeah, but take nothing away from Tech because winning on the road is hard in this conference. So. Yeah. And then one of the benefits of playing a few road games early on in your conference slate is that this week Tech gets to travel back home to Reston, Louisiana to take on Charlotte and Old Dominion 
at the TAC. Uh, starting with Charlotte on Thursday night, they are 12 and 7 overall, 6 and 2 in conference. Uh, their strength of schedule is 295th in college basketball. For comparison, Tex is 245th. Ken Palm predicts Tech to win with an 82% win chance. Uh, final score prediction of 69 to 59. Nice. Yes. Had to include that. Their best win of the year, Charlotte's, is, is against Davidson, Steph Curry's alma mater, I guess. Uh, they're number 88 in Ken Palm, and they won 71 to 58. And that was their second game of the year. Yeah, so that's real early on. Yeah. Their worst loss of the year was a game prior. Their opener at <laughs> James Madison, that was number 280. They lost by five, 79 to 74. Yeah, so it looks like they're pretty good at a few things, uh, like getting defensive rebounds. They get 77% of all available defensive rebounds, which is, what is that, 10th best in the country. Wow, that's that's pretty good. And that means an opponent, which Tech will be, averages about 23% of offensive rebounds. So what, is, what does that mean, Nathan? How, how yeah. should Tech match up against that? Yeah, so Tech is actually an above-average offensive rebounding team. Again, Charlotte forces opponents about 23% of the time they get the offensive rebound. Tech gets about 30.6, 31, 30, somewhere around there, percent of the offensive rebounds. Charlotte hadn't played Mo Muhammad yet. Yeah. So I'll be interested to see how this ends up. Will Tech's offensive rebounding prowess show, or is Charlotte actually that great at keeping the offensive team from getting their own rebounds? (laughs) Which is interesting, because what I have here for what Charlotte is bad at is their own offensive rebounds. (laughs) So again, yeah. Tech, Tech averages 30.6 of their own offensive rebounds. So 30.6% of the time they shoot a ball and it misses, they get their own rebound. For Charlotte, that number is 21.3%, which is 337th nationally. Man, I always forget how many teams there are. How many teams are there? <laughs> we looked it up last time. I think it's like 345 or something like that. It's, it's real close to the very bottom. And while Charlotte is good at defensive rebounds and bad at offensive rebounds, Tech is pretty good at both tech is an above average defending rebound team gathering defensive rebounds 74.2 percent of the time which is 81st best nationally so while charlotte has the ball if they miss a shot we're not really sure who's going to get the rebound there because tech has been good at getting those offensive rebounds but charlotte has been also good at getting the ball when charlotte has the ball tech will probably get most of those rebounds yeah hopefully that makes sense offensive defensive a lot of numbers just saying the words rebounds a lot that's really interesting because like why would you be really, really good at one end and really, really bad at the other? I, I mean, I could understand being better at one than the other, but being like 10th best and also 10th worst because there are 347 Division One teams. Yeah. That's pretty crazy, right? Like, I wonder if it's like a scheme thing or yeah. something. That's what I was about to say. It tells me that's a philosophy thing where it's you shoot the ball and you try to hurry up and defend your own side of the court. Yeah. You don't really care too much about grabbing the offensive rebounds. Hmm. Anything else we should know about Charlotte? Yeah, I would say one other thing, and that's foul shooting. Charlotte is oh God. <laughs> average at the line, 71.5%. Wow. And again, that average collegiately is around 70%. So just above average there. But they get to the line more than almost any other team. Uh, if you compare it to how many normal shots, two-pointers, three-pointers, uh, their foul shots rank them 19th most nationally. So they get to the line a lot, won't take a lot of free throw shots. And they're decent, at least a lot better than Tech is from the strike. Yeah. So they can kind of count on that as part of their game more than we can, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can count on it, just not in a positive column. <laughs> and then Tech's next opponent that would play Saturday has 
not the greatest negative column either because they were eight and 13 overall and four and four in conference that transition did not work as well as i thought it would their strength of schedule is 148th in the country <laughs> luckily though ken palm gives tech an 86 percent chance to beat old dominion which is pretty good i would i would definitely take that yeah final score prediction from them is 70 to 58 yeah so their best win so far this year was against charlotte that was in norfolk 66 to 62 Charlotte is the 139th uh, best team, according to Ken Palm. But they also lost to Charlotte on the road, so that's worth noting as well. Um, So I guess playing Charlotte on Thursday and ODU on Saturday might give us a little bit of an idea what will happen. Um, Their worst loss was, again, to James Madison. I feel like I'm saying what you said before (laughs) about Charlotte. The number 280 team, they lost by two. That was also looks like a home game. So. So if Tech loses to these teams, does that mean we're worse than James Madison? So what what are they good at, Nathan? What what should we be looking out for on Saturday? Yeah, what really stands out about Old Dominion is their ability to get steals on 7.1% of opponent possessions, which doesn't seem like a lot, but trust me it is. They're able to steal the ball and force a turnover. That's 18th best nationally. Yeah. So Tech, which has had a tendency to kind of turn the ball over a lot recently, it's felt like at least anecdotally will need to to watch themselves, I guess, because Old Dominion <laughs> will be Amik Robertson out there and, and ball hawking and trying to get those turnovers. Yeah, I mean, that's and 7%. Like you said, it doesn't sound like a lot, but that's one in every 14 possessions about. So, you know, in a game, you might have 60 to 70 possessions. So that's, you know, that's a lot of times in a game to, to have a straight up steal. Like Tech's going to turn the ball over, but they absolutely can't let ODU get a bunch of steals and and kind of supplement the turnovers we're already giving them. And then also to compare Old Dominion to Charlotte, like we did with their common opponent loss to James Madison, Old Dominion is also a very good defensive rebounding team. They're seventh nationally in gathering those defensive rebounds. Oh, wow. Not quite as much of a drop off between offensive and defensive rebounding. They're about an average, slightly above average offensive rebounding team as well. Okay, but, so but they're seventh nationally again in getting defensive rebounds. I'm gonna play the Mo Muhammad card yet and say they haven't played him yet. So we'll see how it we'll see how it all shakes out. <laughs> Putting all those eggs in that one basket. But yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> rebounds rebounds are gonna be a common theme of this week and, and who can get more possessions and more opportunities for their team to shoot the ball. And speaking of shooting ball, that is something that Old Dominion is not very good at. Their effective field goal percentage is 44.3%, which is 338th in the nation. In case you don't really know what effective field goal rate is, because that was me going into this year, uh, it basically is just the normal field goal percentage, but it takes three-point shooting into effect, into account. So if you recognize that three-point shots are worth more than two-point shots, and so even if you don't make them as often, but the three-point shooting is the reason why Old Dominion is so bad at effective field goal percentage. They are 27.1% from behind the arc that's 341st oh, nationally man. god and while they're slightly better from normal field goal range they are 45.9 percent from two-point land that's 297th in the country so still man. below average just not a very good shooting team in general so it sounds like we should beat them by a lot right i mean they can't shoot the ball yeah and, and that's what it sounds like going in right they're eight and 13 they have four conference losses they've lost to the number 280 team in the league but Three of those four conferences losses have come down to three points or fewer. I believe one was three points, two were two points, and one was one point, something like that. And the only other one was a six-point loss. So these have been close games that they've lost. And there's a reason why 
Ken Palm gives us an 86% chance in this game where ODU's 8-13 and 13, and an 82% chance in Charlotte, who's 12-7. and seven. These teams wow. look similar in a lot of different places, and they're not the exact same team, but it's almost like you control copied, control pasted, just with different schedules. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I mean, it'll be good to see Tech go up against teams that, you know, are more defensive, but also kind of like UAB, right? They're having a lot of trouble shooting the ball. So um, <laughs> hopefully we can get two wins out of this week, both at the Tech. Currently, we're third in the standings in Conference USA behind North Texas, who's eight and one and Western Kentucky, who's seven and one. Tech is at six and two, actually tied with Charlotte. So It'll be really important, actually, to win this Charlotte game because we need to be in that top pod. So can't be dropping games to teams that are also in the top pod. Yeah. So you have a Texters update for us? Yeah. Uh, like I kind of referenced earlier, I really sat and watched the MTSU game on Thursday. I had the Texters on the laptop on my coffee table and the dogs on the TV. So I was kind of watching both games, but in the first half, you know, it was a back and forth game. I think Tech was up by a few. I, I don't remember exactly, but they were doing a great job staying with MTSU up and down the floor. And I was really impressed by their transition game, getting the ball, uh, getting a rebound and passing the ball down the floor and driving the lane. And that was really working, except they weren't hitting the shots. They weren't making their layups at the end of those plays. So I was kind of like, man, if, if this starts happening, we're going to be fine. Everything was really even in the first half. Both teams shooting around 40%, rebounds 17 to 18. But Tech hit a few more threes, so they were up by a few points. Then in the second half, which is why I was distracted from the second half of the men's game, the Texters just like put their foots on the Lady Raiders' throats and just like stomped. It was fun to watch the Texters do that. And this is the first time I've watched them really for a whole game this season. So I was just kind of like, man, if this is our team, why are we having, why are we in 13th place in the conference? You know, it was exciting. The transition game, like I said, was working in the first half, but they actually started hitting the shots in the second half. They could drive the lane and score, or they could pass, they could kick out and hit an open three. It was kind of like dealer's choice out there. So to tell you how dominant they were, the game was tied at 48 in the third quarter. And then Tech went on a 21 to three run. (laughs) So, oh, yeah. So it was 48 to 48. Then it was 71 to 51. Uh, MTSU had not allowed more than 71 points in a game so far this season, and they allowed the Texters to score 78. So it was fun to watch. And I was like, man, the Texters might actually be good. Maybe we've been selling them short. And then, and then they, as we also mentioned, lost to Can uab we skip this part can we just skip over the the loss to uab and they lost 71 to 51 nathan so i don't, don't want to talk about it um and <laughs> uh just to, to be brief because i didn't get to watch this game so it's your fault yeah apparently if i watch the textures they win and if i don't they win or lose because <laughs> again they've won 10 games so but it, in the first half, it was 32 to 31 at halftime. I kind of was watching the score, you know, on ESPN's GameCast. And I was like, all right, this is, you know, this is very similar to what I saw on Thursday. And then in the second half, they just, I mean, they just didn't, they didn't do anything. They just went long stretches, four minutes without scoring a, a couple of different times. And if you look at the, the post-game stats, everything looks pretty even. 13 turnovers for Tech, 14 for UAB, 31 rebounds for Tech, 34 for UAB. Then you get to field goal percentage. 
And uh, the Texters shot 33% from the field, which is awful. And UAB shot 51%. So that's why you lost by 20. You're not going to win shooting 33% unless the other team shoots around that too. And and they just didn't. So coming up next week, they play Charlotte in Charlotte. Uh, They're 11 and six overall, three and four in CUSA. And also Old Dominion, who is sixteen and three overall and six and one in Conference USA. So gonna be a really tough set of uh, of matches. You gotta win one of them. The Texters did go up one place in the conference standings. They are now in twelfth. So and MTSU is a good team. So this this Texter group can beat a good team. They just have to get hot at the right time, I guess. Uh, I'm not really yeah. sure what else to make of it. So yeah, and Middle Tennessee was ranked 87th in Massey, and Tech won that by, was at 18 points. This week when they play Charlotte in Old Dominion, Charlotte is 102nd, and Old Dominion is 54th in Massey. Against Charlotte, Tech is given a 16% chance to win with a final score prediction of 69, which is not nice in this context, to 58. And then against Old Dominion in Norfolk, Virginia, they are given a 7% chance to win with a final score prediction of 71 to 55. Mm. Not Great. But those are predictions, and just like they were against Middle Tennessee, can always be wrong, and Tech could always just show up, and I hope that's what they do. Yeah. So, that's basketball. What do you think we're going to do this week? You, you got 2-0 and o for the men, or... Yeah, I. it's hard to pick Tech to lose in any of the games coming up, at least until pod play. These all seem like teams that Tech can beat, especially with Charlotte on, yeah. on Tech's on floor, but you never really know he could pull north texas or or even the other team could yeah. pull utsa and beat us but yeah i'd have to say that that tech goes 2 and 0 as a prediction and the texters would go 0 and 2 yeah i'm going to say 2 and 2 on the on the weekend unfortunately yeah, yeah. it's just sad i like i want to say it's 4 and 0 but i yeah. i wish i believed that much in in these teams right now or at least in one of the teams right now <laughs> yeah one of the teams I do believe in under the tech sports umbrella is the football team, because again, like we bring up every episode to try to remind ourselves of our greatness, we have six bowl wins in a row. Hey, do we? I had forgotten. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, six <laughs> wins. So only four more, and then you have a ring on each finger. I had to do the yeah. math to see how many fingers you have on each hand, and I forgot. <laughs> Because uh, the defensive coordinator who we just hired is a guy whose name you probably would forget a lot and have to Google over and over again like I did. His name is David Blackwell. He was yeah. Old Dominion's defensive coordinator last year, and that didn't go so great. Ooh, yeah, Old Dominion was, as we know, very good at football last year. So great hire. Wait, they went 1-11? What? Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm enjoying this bit from the LaTexSports.com post about hiring david blackwell i'm just going to read straight from the site for a second it says in his lone season as the old dominion defensive coordinator last season blackwell's defense ranked in the top half of conference usa and total defense turnovers forced fumbles recovered tackles for loss passing yards allowed and rushing defense prior to blackwell's arrival in norfolk the monarchs ranked last or second to last in virtually every defensive category which Dang. just seems like a lot of shade man yeah shade to you. their previous guy yeah what do you think about this hire? It does seem like he did a good job. Uh, ODU went 1-11, and they were a garbage fire. Their whole coaching staff got fired, right? So the new guy that came in, uh, what's his name? Ricky Ronnie, I think. That's a fake name. <laughs> he uh, <laughs> you know, wanted to bring in his own staff. And so it's actually interesting. This, this guy, uh, David Blackwell, he's got kind of a lot of experience at various levels. 
Before he was at ODU, he was the defensive coordinator at Jacksonville State, which is uh, an FCS program, and his defenses were top, top of FCS. So it's a guy who knows defense, right? It it doesn't really matter to me that that was at the FCS level. He, He understands, and as you can see at in his time at ODU, and then I think he was at ECU for a year as well, those defenses improved in one season under him, and those are teams, at least in ODU, that don't have the talent that Tech has. So, you know, we may not see our defense improve next year because uh, under Bob Diaco, we were very good last season. So, but I would, t- I would take status quo at this point with the talent that we're losing on the defensive side of the ball, especially. So I know I'm just kind of rambling, but I, I, <laughs> I like the hire. I think the guy knows football. I think he knows defense and I trust Skip. How could you not at this point? Yeah, the loss of production on the defensive side of the ball is why I've gone from who is that to I don't know if I like this guy to okay, I really like this hire because we've brought in some big names in the past. We had Manny Diaz for a year, who can forget? We had Diaco this past year, but this isn't an all in push all the chips to the middle of the table kind of year for tech. The quarterback situation is still in flux. Uh, even beyond that, we're like bottom 10 in college football and returning production. Yeah. I feel like we have talent waiting in the wings, which is something we criticized every team we played this year who said that. But I'm not worried about next year. I'm not worried to get into six or seven wins in a bowl game like the usual has been. But this is not a hire a coordinator to come in for a year. You want some stability this year to build and have the program ready and a year or two have them be great and maybe push for that New Year's Six Bowl or a conference championship or whatever. And so this is the guy who has proven himself in the past especially at the FCS level, but also has experience being the defensive coordinator at FBS programs as well. He spent several years as a thing of a linebackers coach at Clemson. So this guy has been in the business for a while and is, I'm sure has picked up a lot of things and isn't going to jump ship this year or probably even next year, which to me is huge. And a program yeah. where we consistently lose coordinators to other schools. Right. And it's also worth mentioning kind of small world, funny situation. He was at South Florida. I think it was 2009 and South Florida was very good. And they had a, a top 30 defense back in the Big East days. So they were in an automatic qualifying conference, really solid defense. And then their coach was accused of punching a player. Their head coach was accused of punching a player in the locker room and uh, got fired and none other than Skip Holtz took over the program and, uh, of course, wanted to bring in his own guys. So he actually let David Blackwell go <laughs> back then. So kind of a funny turn uh, that has brought them back together now, 10 years later. Yeah, you mentioned the reunion with Blackwell. Well, Tech is also in the business of family reunions now, I guess, because <laughs> Trey Holtz, Skip's son, has been hired as the inside receivers coach for Louisiana Tech, coming off a graduate assistant role at Ohio State. Yeah, I don't know too much about him. Um, I I guess it's Skip's son. Uh, So, uh, you know, uh, got obviously coaching pedigree from his name, if nothing else. But uh, he's been at Ohio State as a GA for, what, two or three years, I think. So was he working with tight ends or am I mixing him up with somebody else? Uh, Holtz worked with the Buckeyes running backs and tight ends. Okay. will now coach receivers for his father's staff. Yeah, so... I got no problem with this hire at all. I like this hire because he replaces Sloan, who will become the offensive coordinator, who is not going to do inside receivers anymore, but just a general offensive coordinator. But he still knows that position group. So hiring a new face and a guy who doesn't have 
a lot of experience coaching to fill in a role where you still have the guy who used to coach that position on staff to help out feels like a win-win yeah. for this kind of situation. The funniest thing though, is when you Google Trey Holtz, LaTeX right now, one of the stories that pops up is Lou Holtz's grandson, Trey accepts coaching position with Louisiana tech, ignoring <laughs> any reference to skip there. Oh man. So that's, that's funny. That's yeah. funny. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think what's the worst that could happen, right? And the guy was on Ohio State staff. I don't know if you've heard of Ohio State, but they're pretty good at offense specifically. So, And while Trey Holtz will bring a fresh face and some new experiences to the coaching positions, this week's Conference USA Tweet of the Week is throwing it back to 1922, which I believe was before Twitter was invented, but whatever. When LaTeX Report <laughs> tweeted out this week about Tech's live or not live mascot because our live mascot was introduced in 1930 but they had a stuffed taxidermied bulldog that served as the school's mascot until that live bulldog mascot was introduced in 1930 what started this dive into history was the at f5 kusa refs twitter account that was doing a bracket of the creepiest or weirdest former mascots of kusa schools and for text they had a tweet with a picture of a bunch of guys just hoisting a taxidermied bulldog up in the air yeah i guess in 1931 somebody decided that that was weird <laughs> just like hey we can actually have a bulldog and not need to carry around a stuffed bulldog and one of the fun parts about this too was that the second tweet in this thread from la tech report says in between world war one and world war two tech and centenary often played a big rivalry game on thanksgiving day and in 1922, some of the centenary kids stole LaTeX's stuffed bulldog mascot and buried it on their campus in Shreveport. <laughs> it took three weeks before the mascot was returned to Tech and included a news clipping that has the story from a newspaper and as well as a picture of what looks like Ministry of Magic people <laughs> protecting <laughs> the stuffed bulldog. Wow. So, I mean, centenary, I don't think even has a football program anymore. So that'll, that'll teach them. Don't mess with the bulldog 80 years ago. Yeah, take that. A hundred years ago, almost. Jeez. Yeah, they got UAB'd, but for real. <laughs> Watch, they have it. They probably have like a D3 program or something. In yeah, probably. <laughs> Just wrong. Again. <laughs> but that about wraps it up for this episode of the GoTech Please Untie podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E or head to our blog where we have more posts up and, and fun little things that we have throughout the season, whether it be the football season, basketball season, or baseball season. That's at gtpdd.dog. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. And again, there's no third person, so this feels weird, but go tech. Please don't die. <laughs> Please. forward to that ice cream parlor uh there's a couple good places in murfreesboro that's where i went to grad school so you know uh <laughs> all right so next time we went in murfreesboro where should they get ice cream oh you're gonna put me on putting the spot you on the like spot that? uh <laughs> oh man i don't know um <laughs> yeah it's oh geez 
Yep. Here's our here's our here's our outro. <laughs> yep, pretty much. I I BS'd knowing where ice cream was in Murfreesboro. And then you called me out. Um <laughs> <laughs>